Father, we give you glory, we give you praise. Thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace. We have this opportunity to be in your house like this. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, your mighty Holy Spirit, who brings us wisdom, guidance, leads us into your perfect will. Thank you for fruitfulness for all of us. Thank you for great multiplication for all of us. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness, with great joy. Yes, thank you that grace is ministered to us. Glory is ministered to us. Power is ministered to us. Thank you for great establishment for all of us. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so I've been sharing with you concerning fruitfulness through what? The leadings of the Spirit, right? Say fruitfulness through the leadings of the Spirit. Yesterday, we were having a discussion with, a, with, a, with, a fa- with family. We had a small family meeting last night. You know, and one of the things that I, I mentioned in that meeting was, you know, we were talking about a number of things. And I mentioned that I feel that the greatest lesson we can learn in the body of Christ is the lesson of the leadings of the Spirit, following the leadership of the Spirit, like knowing how to follow the Holy Spirit. Because real success is from the Holy Spirit. But amazingly, what may work for this person may not work for the other person. If you've noticed. Well, sometimes you hear someone say, I fasted for three days, I prayed, and this happened. You will fast for 40 days. And it's like nothing is happening. Have you seen some people? So, lead the leading of the spirit, doing things as the spirit of God tells you to do it. You see, moving according to the power of the spirit is what makes the difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Doing what the Holy Spirit says to do at different times. And that's what I'm trying to share with you, you know. That's what I'm trying to share with you to understand, you know, the various leadings of the, of the Spirit in order for you to have the success that God has designed for you to have. You see, so I've been sharing with you concerning how Jesus is our husband. Do you remember? Yeah. The Lord, your maker, is thine husband. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. And I've been talking about how that our, our husband is actually Jesus Christ. I've, I've used scriptures from 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2. Paul says, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I've espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin. Isn't it? Yeah. Because there's a day where God is going to present you to himself. And he wants you to be presented in a certain way. He wants you to look a certain way. And the one to beautify your life and make you become what God wants you to become before the marriage day is the Holy Spirit. If you remember, I mentioned um, Abraham's servant. I'm just doing a short recap. Remember, if you remember. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, because it's on Sundays only, you may forget. But try not to forget. Tell me, but try not to forget. Is when you hear a message once, you have actually just retained just about 10 to 12 percent. 
Do you see? Uh -huh. You must hear a message more than once in order for it to sink in. Okay? So I can retain. And as you hear a message, something happens to you as you are hearing. It's mysterious. I mean, we can't explain how it happens, but it happens. If you read in Acts chapter 10, um, verse 42, look at Acts 10. So Peter is preaching to Cornelius and his household. Okay, he says, Jesus commanded us to preach unto the people and all of that. While Peter was talking, verse 44, he says, while Peter yet speak these words, while Peter was speaking the word of God, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. So as you are hearing the word of God, the Holy Spirit's influence on your life increases. It's one of the major ways for the, in the increase of the influence of the Spirit in your life. Do you see? As you are hearing. 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 As you are hearing, more Spirit, is, you are being exposed to the Spirit of God. Because the word of God is the Spirit of God. Jesus said that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the word of God is spirit and the word of God is life. The way to be exposed to the spirit and exposed to the life of God is through hearing. So as you are hearing, when you plug your ears with your earpiece and you are just listening to a message as you are moving around or cleaning or something, you are exposing yourself to the spirit. You see, Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2. Let's, it says, and the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that speak unto me. The Spirit entered into me when? When he spoke unto me, when he spake unto me. So, as they are speaking to you, the Spirit is entering you. Do you get it? Huh. The influence of the Spirit in your life is just, so Christians who don't listen to messages, how very little yeah, very little influence of the spirit. So someone can be in church, is going to church, going to church up and down, but then you don't see a certain kind of fruit in the person's life because the person is exposed only on Sunday mornings, you know, for to for, to a message for. I mean, there are several churches that preach. The message time is thirty minutes. Yeah, very, I mean, yesterday we were discussing a place where it's fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes, and after fifteen minutes, they will do announcements for one hour. Yeah. Their preaching is 15 minutes. Time, if you, if you go beyond it, they are not going to invite you again. I went to preach somewhere in a certain church, an older congregation. Mothers, fathers, uncles, aunties, everybody inside. And I preached. Bah. I was jumping all over. This is somewhere in Kumasi. I was jumping all over the place, preaching very powerfully, quoting one million verses, trying to show them that they've never invited me again. <laughs> Because I think they were expecting me to preach for about 30 minutes. And I preached for about two hours. I had a microphone, so I don't know, but I was just flowing. They were leading on the whole. I didn't know that they weren't enjoying what I was doing. They've not invited me up to date. This is about eight years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. They've not invited me at all. And I noticed that it's because I kept long. Uh -huh. They've not invited me. Yeah. You see, the longer the preaching, the more the influence of the spirit. That's why when you go for a camp and you come, it's like in a camp, something happens to you. A lot of things are just put in place. By the time you are coming back, you realize that your foolishness has just, has just dropped. A lot of things have happened. That is why it's difficult to go for a camp. 
Because mm. the devil knows that when you, when you go, you come back different. Even your wig, your wig will change. Like a lot of things about you will change. So he doesn't want you to go for a camp at all. They will say, "Come, come, what camp, camp, camp is happening, whatever." Yeah, yeah. But you see that there's a certain kind of resistance. Even those who organize camps don't feel like organizing camps. Yes, those who organize. Yeah. Because in a camp, you expose to the word of God. You see, preaching Sunday morning preaching. If you if we preach to you for let's say. 50 minutes, or let's say an hour, 60 minutes, okay, a week, this Sunday morning, 60 minutes, or one hour, there are 52 weeks in a year, right? 52, right? That means that you've been exposed to the Word of God for just 52 hours, which is equal to two days and some few, two days and four hours, the whole year. Yeah, 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 that's it. But then you see that your exposure to other things Facebook, Twitter, threads, Instagram. When the thread come, when did it come? Two days ago. I heard it has about over 70 million subscribers now. And they say, which one is that? I heard about it last night. I got to know before you. I'm blessed. Yeah. It's wild though. So you're exposed to all kinds of things for many hours. You see, and what you're exposed to is what makes you. Yeah. The words you're exposed to. You see, human beings are like containers. And what you fill your life with is what you produce. Mm, that's, that's how human beings are. Have you heard of tabula rasa? When a child is born, it's a clean slate. There's nothing on it. You have to now put things on it. You have to fill the child's mind with things. And then, depending on what you fill the child's mind with, the child produces a certain kind of result after some time. Do you see? Uh, so, not listening. You, you, are not, you just expose yourself to the, to the Holy Spirit for just two days and four hours. The whole year. Mm. That's why you need to keep listening. If you don't listen, you see. So expose yourself to the word. Tell me about expose yourself to the word. It's important though. Where will I be without exposing myself to, to the word of God? Me. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. My foolishness would have, would have increased a long time ago. Yeah. Long time. Every time I cut myself from those that God has sent to me for me to listen to, I don't do well. I've noticed it over the period. If I should stop listening for maybe a week or two or three, I become, I become some way. I don't know if I can, I can do what God wants me to do. The confidence to do what God wants me to do comes from just listening. It may not be a, me- a message that is even related to what I'm thinking about, what I'm going through, but just listening, listening, watching, listening, watching, listening, watching. I've just been listening and watching and I've turned into a pastor. I've just been listening and watching and I've turned into a teacher of the word of God. I've been listening and watching and I've turned into a, into a church builder. Just listening and watching and I've been turned into a church planter. Listening and watching and turned into an apostle. Listening and watching and just been turned into a church construction builder. Yeah. Just listening and watching. Listening and watching. Listening and watching. Listening and watching. Yeah. Listening and watching has prospered me. Yeah. Something happens. A spirit, the spirit of God is communicated. The power of the spirit is communicated to you as 
you are listening and watching. Hallelujah. So you have to listen and watch. Tell anybody, you have to listen and watch. You'll be shocked. Great key. If anything, I'll say it is the key. For deep real development. Like you listening, watching, listening, watching, listening, watching. It will inform your reading. Listening and watching will inform what you read. You see, that just starts changing a lot of things about you. If you don't expose yourself, you'll be troubled for nothing. You're going through things like, I'm not happy about this, I'm not happy about that. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you exposing yourself to? What you expose yourself to determines your fruits in life. Am I saying something that is helping you? So back to what I was sharing with you. I'm talking about the the fruitfulness through the leadings of the Spirit. Because the way you lead you is not the way you lead me. It's different. And you need a personal relationship with it. Personal. Sometimes people ask me, how, how is it that you are able to do this? And when I say it's the Holy Spirit, they say, oh, tell us something else. Tell us the techniques. It's, there's not, it's the, just listening. I've just tried and I'm still trying to listen to the Holy Spirit to move according to the leadings of the Spirit for every single thing in my life. That's, that's, that's all. That's all. Because the Holy Spirit is the one sent by God to prepare us for Jesus Christ as his bride. He's the one to, sent to prepare. Just, you remember I mentioned Abraham's servant, the nameless servant. Do you remember? In Genesis chapter 24, Abraham called the servant and told him to go and find a wife for Isaac, his son. And I told you that Abraham was a type of God, Isaac is a type of Christ, and Rebekah is a type of the church. And Eliezer is a type of the Holy Spirit. Eliezer means the mighty helper. Okay, God help. God, the God of help. That's what it means. The God, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the mighty helper. So it's like when the servant was sent, in this particular verse of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 24, his name is not mentioned. He's nameless. Just like the Holy Spirit is also nameless. The Holy Spirit is not a name. Prayer without the word of God is complete nonsense. It's complete what? Those of you who believe in prayer. Eh? Yes. You think you are the only one who can pray? Yes. Muslims too pray. Yeah. There are people who are praying. Prayer. It's not the prayer that makes a difference. It's the understanding that you have in your prayer that makes a difference. So you, no matter where you pass, you need the word of God. You can be praying in the dark. The word, the entrance of thy word, give it what? Give it light. You need the light of God to be able to function. If the lights here are not on, and if the whole place is dark, you can't find your way. We can't relate. So you can be praying. You say, I'm, I mean, I'm into prayer. You are praying, but then there's no word. You don't have understanding concerning the word of God. You go for a very long time before you get your results. That's why those who are into prayer, like they are praying, 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 without the word. I'm not saying prayer is not correct. Though. There are two legs upon which we run. Prayer and the word. As directed by the Holy Spirit. Do you see? You can't do one without the other. Okay? So you don't get into word, 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 word. And not pray. Or get into prayer, prayer, prayer. And not 
study the word or listen to the word of God and expose yourself to the word of God, you are making a mistake. The two must go hand in hand. Okay? So Abraham sent the servant, nameless. He's not given a name, just like the Holy Spirit. And if you've noticed, if you've read your Bible, you will see that Rebecca had never seen Isaac before. When the servant of Abraham met Rebecca and introduced you know, himself, spoke about Abraham, spoke about Isaac to Rebecca, they, 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 Rebecca had no clue of who Isaac was. Just like we also don't know, we've not seen Jesus Christ physically. Have you seen Jesus physically? We've not seen Jesus physically. The Holy Spirit is the one to make Jesus real. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus real. The more you relate to the Holy Spirit, the more you get to know Jesus Christ. You see, because Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 12, 13, and 14, look at John 16, 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. Who is truth? Jesus is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So when he says that he shall guide you into all truth, what he says is that he shall guide you into me. He shall guide you into the word. He shall show you about me. You see, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Next verse. He shall glorify me. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is there to talk about me, to glorify me, to put light on me, to magnify me. You magnify me in your life, just like the servant did. Spoke about his, uh, his master, Abraham spoke about his master Isaac, who they were, everything. And he shall show, it says, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He shall receive things that are from me and shall show them to you or give them to you. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit beautifies your life. He gives you all the things that Jesus, I'm going to mention them to you. Some things, some of the things the Holy Spirit leads us into. Okay. But this mighty Holy Spirit is the one God has sent to come and help us. And like I said, he, he does it by exposing us to the word of God. The word of God is important though. There are things the Lord sees through his spirit to the church. If you read in Revelation chapter 2, you see the statement. Whosoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. This is Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. It says, he that has an ear. And Jesus, Jesus is the one talking. Jesus wrote letters to the church. The seven churches of Asia Minor. You see, and at the end of every church, every letter to any of the churches, he says this particular thing. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. So there are things that the Spirit of God says to you because you are the church. There are things that he says to you to perfect your life or to mature you or to beautify you, to correct you. (laughs) Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, you are not a nice person. Everybody will say it to you, but you may not, you may take offense. But the Holy Spirit there, he will just, one day you'll just be there and the Holy Spirit will tell you. Maybe as you're reading your Bible, the Holy Spirit will tell you. Have you noticed that you are not a nice person? Some few days ago, I was having a discussion with someone. And I said something. It wasn't bad though. The, a day after, I was just, you know, flowing with the, with the Lord, just walking around. You know, normally when you're just there, you're just, you know, praying, thinking, just flowing. And the Holy Spirit told me that you didn't speak well. And you didn't say, you shouldn't have said this one. 
it wasn't a bad thing. I didn't see anything bad. According to my perspective, it wasn't bad. The Holy Spirit said, you shouldn't have said it. I said, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Please help me to talk well, the way you want me to talk the next time. Sometimes I can come and apologize to people, and they wonder, why am I, why am I apologizing to them? Like, this one, why? Because the Holy Spirit apologize. Hey! Sorry. Say sorry. When I was talking about somebody to someone, as I was talking, you should be praying for the person rather than talking. But I stopped, I said, let's pray. Let's pray. Just pray. No, no. That's what the Holy Spirit. Hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Yeah. Several things. Says things to you. He's the one who will tell you. Read the book of Romans. Read Romans. Read Isaiah. You've not read Isaiah before. Read Isaiah. Without the Holy Spirit, you never, it will never come to your mind. Isaiah, who's Isaiah for what? Isaiah is dead and gone. What should I read Isaiah for? He's the one who leads you. You see, the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So maturity, real maturity, comes through the leadings of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads you into, he leads you into prosperity, into health. Sometimes you're going to eat something. It's late. It's 11 p.m. and some banquet in Tilapia is in front of you. The Holy Spirit will tell you, listen that you're coming to eat. I mean... How is it going to help you? Put it down for tomorrow. Yeah. Just tell you, please, put it down. Don't eat it. Has it happened to you before? Hmm. Sit down for two minutes. Yeah. He will lead you for you to have a good health. Yeah. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So many times. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The Holy Spirit is always talking to the church. He's always talking to the body of Christ. He's always talking to you. To beautify your life. To make your life how God wants it to be. You see. Yeah. Leads you. He's the one to lead you into the promised land. Let me show you some verses of the Bible. Exodus. Chapter 13. Verse 21. He says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. To lead them the way. To lead them the way. To lead them in the way. And by night in a pillar of fire. To give them light. To go by day and night. So the Holy Spirit was the one who was leading them. He says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. To lead them the way. Look at the next verse 22. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day. Nor the pillar of the fire by night from before the people. So the Holy Spirit... Leads you morning, afternoon, evening, in order for you to get to the promised land, to get to the place where He has designed for you to be. God has designed for you to be. He's the one to lead you. Like I was saying last week, you are making a choice of a husband. You are not minding the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit, What is this correct? Is this person correct for me? You're just making a choice with your eyes. You'll be shocked though. You are making a choice of uh, what job to do, and you're making a choice with just your eyes. People have chosen jobs and have died because of the, just because of the job they chose. Someone close to me chose a certain job. I feel he shouldn't have chosen that job. He's dead now. Yeah, someone very close to me. I feel he shouldn't have. We were all becoming pastors and he didn't become a pastor. He was supposed to also become a pastor or something. But when he entered, he was never going to be a pastor. 
even though he had a calling of God on his life and he knew he entered a particular place that will not will make him not become a pastor. And today is not, and I feel that is that was his mistake because it's the job that killed him. Yeah. I, I, that's how I feel. Every now and then thoughts of him come to me. He should have been, we should have been serving the Lord together. By now, I mean. Yes. Just by a choice of a job. Yeah. He was cut out for it, but I feel he shouldn't have. Whenever I think of it, I feel he shouldn't have chosen that thing. He shouldn't have. You know the one I'm talking about. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. And his people on the job who didn't like him, who organized for his death. Yeah. They organized they organize for his death. All the time. Wow. Wow. It's very sensitive. Don't just make choices with your eyes. Yeah. You want to travel. You want to travel. I want to travel. It has entered my heart to travel. Like the way it entered David's heart to number Israel. It could be from the devil. Yeah. It could be from the devil. One of the prayers you should pray. You see, the way you are led by the Spirit is through the word, through prayer. You have to pray. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Just asking. The way to walk with the Holy Spirit is to ask. Dear Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Lead me if it is your will. Lead me away if it is not your will. Open the door if it is your will. Close the door if it is not your will. As simple as that. One day David was there. Uh, David went to you know, help the kings of the Philistines to fight against some group of people. And the kings of the Philistines sent him back that he's, he's against, he's for Israel. So he should go back to Ziklag, where he used to live. When he got back to Ziklag, he had ransacked his house, the whole place, the whole town. They are taking his wife's children. Everybody's wife, children was gone. They are taking all their goods, all their properties away. And they had burnt down their houses. The Bible says that this, this was the only time that David's mighty men spoke of stoning him. Yeah. First, I want to the 30 verse 3. It says, so David and his men came to the city. And behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam and the Jezreelites, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people speak of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. All his mighty men, everybody's wife, children, everybody was taken away. Home bent, their work, the work that they had done for years, all brought to nothing. Do you understand? Zero. Like being reduced from 100 to zero within a moment. Everything is gone. And it, it was because we were following David. So they were not happy with David. Like, we followed you. Look at what we followed you. Look at where we have come to. We have lost everything. They spoke of stoning him. Their souls were grieved. Every, every man for his sons and for his daughter, his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. As everybody was crying, he also cried some, and then he started talking. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Wherever the Lord leads me, I'm okay. Then, David did something that is not normal. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's 
Ahimelech's son. I pray thee, bring me hither the effort. And Abiata brought Hidat the effort to. Let's read a lighter version so we understand what he's saying. You don't understand effort. Maybe you think it's something else. Show us something that doesn't say effort. Or everyone says effort. Everyone says effort. The effort was the, the priestly garment that you wear to see God. Okay? The effort was to be worn by only the priests. Because that is, if you want to talk to God, you wear it and then you stand before God. Okay? But David was functioning beyond his time. David was king, but he was functioning as priest as well. He took the effort, stood before God. Hmm? Look at look at the necklace. And David inquired at the Lord. This is what it means to be led by the Spirit. Or this is what you do with the Spirit when you want to know what He wants you to do. Enquire. Tell neighbor, enquire. Tell the other neighbor, enquire. Enquire. Don't be lazy about inquiring. Sometimes you need to spend some two hours praying about a particular thing. You're going to make a choice of a husband. You say, I've prayed. Where did you pray? Oh, I've been praying. Every Tuesday, what? Every Tuesday, every two seconds, I pray about my husband. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. Be sure of what you are, you are talking about. There's something called waiting on the Lord. There's something called talking to the Lord for a long time. Sometimes when God tells, God can tell me something in January. I'll use about six months to ask him, are you sure? Are you sure? If it's not you, I don't want it. Because if I do something that he's not the one asking me to do, that's it. All my prosperity will vanish. All my health will vanish. I mean, you see a fellow minister doing a certain kind of meeting, and then you're like, God, this thing is nice. Let me also do some. Let me also organize them. You'll be shocked that you'll be the first patient in that particular conference. You don't just move. Christianity is not just moving. We have a Lord. Okay? We are married to someone who gives us, who gives us instructions. Do this, do that, do that. If you don't move by the Spirit, you'll be shocked. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking, Lord, is it you? If it's not you, I don't want it. If it's not you, I don't want it. I don't want it. And Christians are differentiated by this particular thing I'm talking about. Yeah. Christians are differentiated. They are Christians who don't seek the Lord at all. They don't inquire from the Lord about anything. Just flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just move Someone says, I like you. I like you too. Wow. Have you asked the Lord whether this is somebody to like? A job opportunity has come. I'm taking it. Because it pays more than what I am. You'll be sure. And sometimes this particular job that you are taking is going to take you away from God completely. Most of us us make decisions without considering the Lord. And the implications of our decisions towards the Lord and towards his house. (laughs) You see, in the Old Testament, all of Israel lived okay, with their face towards the of the tabernacle, all of them, all the tribes were arranged around the ark of God, the presence of God, focusing on God. Yeah. Listen, people have gone for a long time. You go out, they are succeeding, succeeding, succeeding. Twenties, they are fine. Thirties, they are fine. Forties, they are fine. Fifties, they are fine. Sixties, then the trouble starts coming. Back to zero. 
Back to zero. So I don't know about you. Yeah. You'll be shocked. Everything will just vanish. And you'll think, listen, David said, do not be jealous of the, <laughs> the sinner, the unrighteous man. Don't, like, don't desire what he has. Psalm 37, verse 1. Beautiful. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Like they are doing foolish things and nothing is happening to them. Ah, then let's also, let's also do some. Keep your, your finger here. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Let's read the last three verses of Malachi chapter 3. Oh, you have a lot of Christians in this particular uh, category. He says, you have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? Let's read lighter version. Message, eh? Message. When you said, go, go to 13. God said, I'm not happy with you guys. God says, you have spoken hard, rude words, hard, rude words to me. You ask, when did we ever do that? Then he starts reminding them. When you said it doesn't pay to serve God. When you said that it doesn't pay to serve God. Private conversation. It can be in your heart. What do we ever get out of it? When we did what he said and went around with long faces, serious about God, God of the angel armies, what difference did it make? Next verse. Ah, those who take life into their own hands are the lucky ones. Have you seen people who take their lives into their own? They have, the, they have their own God. They are getting the cars. They are getting the ladies. They are getting whatever. They are getting the money. They are moving around. Yes. Just moving. Those who take life into their own hands are the lucky ones. They break all the rules and get ahead. And get ahead anyway. They push God to the limit and get by with it. Hey, don't say such things. And don't desire... I mentioned it because of what I'm talking about now. Like, oh, I mean, this is good. They don't mind God. Then they are fine. They are not fine. <laughs> it's just time. You'll be shocked. Grow up small. Ask your aunties and your mothers and ask them. Your grandma. You'll be shocked. They don't give tight. They are prospering. Why should I give tight? They are sleeping around and they got married and they gave birth. They've been aborting. They have children. What is your problem? Let us kiss and say good night. Then those who slice on it, God got together and talked. He says a lot of things. But go back to Psalm 37, where we were reading. Let's read a lighter version so that it's easier to understand. Easy English, BB. Don't bother your head with braggarts or wish you could succeed like the wicked. In no time they will shrivel like grass, grass clippings and wool, and wilt like cut flowers in the sun. You some of the expressions of the message, we don't actually, it's not our English. BBE or NLT would work. BBE or NLT. Do not be angry because of the wrongdoers or have any envy of the workers of evil. Verse 2. For they will quickly be cut down like grass and become dry like the green plants. Have faith in the Lord and do good. Be at rest in the land and go after righteousness. Go after righteousness. So will your delights be in the Lord and will give you your heart's desires. 
your heart desire is actually in the it is the Lord who give it to you. <laughs> I've not regretted following the Lord at all. I'm blessed, God. The Lord has taken care of me. I have one song, it's Thanksgiving. That's my song. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because God has been good to me. Yeah. So will your delight be in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Next verse, let's try it. Put your life in the hands of the Lord, have faith in Him, and He will do it. He will do it. Tell about He will do it. Relax. Next verse, verse 6. And He will make your righteousness be seen like the light, and your cause like the shining of the sun. Wow. Verse 7. Take your rest in the Lord, waiting quietly for him. Do not be angry because of the man who does well in his evil ways and gives effect to his bad designs. Hmm? Don't be angry because of... Like, it's like those guys that are prospering. All these girls who are doing whatever. They, they have five boys. They are doing... They hook up this one. They have money. They are buying iPhone 14. They are doing this. Listen. The scammers. Don't follow them on. It's an arrow. Yeah. Very short time. Haven't you seen people? This like young people are dying all over the place. Yeah. Your, your beloved, your boyfriend is a, is a scammer. He's going to use you very soon. Yeah. You don't know. Hey. 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 Oh, yeah. hey. Very soon. Listen, I, I was in one of our churches. Eh? It was a prophetic meeting. God opened my eyes and I saw two ladies there, fair and dark. Yeah. And I, I didn't even speak in the microphone. I called them. Because I saw seven guys around them. Like the two of them share seven guys. Yeah. I don't know how, whether they share them together. One has four, one has three. This was what the Lord showed me. Listen, no. And then I called them and I spoke. I said, I'm seeing seven guys. And I'm seeing one who is from a certain country. And I'm seeing that that guy has sacrificed one of you. Breasts. Cut breast, cut this one, cut this one, cut that one, cut that one. They said, oh, they don't know what I'm talking about. What? We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey! Hey! You say you're in love, you'll be shocked. Hey! <laughs> you'll be shocked. There was a Sunday school girl we had. We had. She had small body. Because you know, when you get into your teens, your body comes. Your body, bottles became big. Hips became big. Breasts became She started hanging around with certain guys. She's not alive anymore. She's been used a long time. She was our Sunday school girl in Kumase. She's gone. She's been used a long time. Long time. You, 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 think, you think you are special. It's like I'm seeing something that is not. Go from one level to, to the other. Listen, eat what you have. Eh? Go through the process gradually. That God does not just promote. Go through the process bit by bit. Before long, you see, you will be enjoying life. And you, uh, your, your old will not be. You wouldn't have to take a picture to show. That you went here or you did that. You wouldn't have to take any picture. You wouldn't have to suffer in a certain way. It will be, it will be, it will be fine. He says he will take care of you. see what you read? He says he will take care of you. Hmm? Let's go back to what I'm sharing with you. David inquired. God wants us to inquire. 
from him. That is how the Lord raises us up and builds us up. Through inquiry. Lord, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And you stay around it, speaking in tongues. Just speaking in tongues. Stay around the thing for some time. When it comes to your mind, you put it before the Lord. Lord, I'm wondering what you want me to do concerning this particular thing. Show me. I don't mind. Whatever you want me to do, if you want me to take it, fine. If you don't want me to take it, it's okay. Because I prefer going with you than going, going myself. Yeah. <laughs> Bishop Oedipo was building. You know, they had, they had this beautiful church like this one. It was a nice church like something like this. And then they had land. There was a land opposite their building. The, this church had become so full, they wanted to expand. So they bought another property opposite them. And then built, we were building a big auditorium. The base, the floor alone could sit 8,000 people. The galleries were now coming up. 8,000. One day he was praying, God told him that if you cross the road to that place again, your ministry has ended. We were just talking to her. The Lord told him, if you cross the road to that place again, your ministry has ended. He never crossed the road to that place to date. The differences between Christians is dependent on how, you see, you see sometimes you can hear what the Holy Spirit is telling you and then you don't do it. You don't do it. No. Receive grace to do what God is telling you to do. That's the difference. Yeah. Being able to do what God, God is telling you to do. Sometimes God will tell you, do this. Yeah. And you know that it's the Lord who is telling you to do it. Yes, I go. You see, always remember that as a child of God, you are programmed to hear God's voice. It, the, the easiest voice for you to hear is the voice of the Spirit. That's the easiest voice. Jesus said that my sheep know me, you see, and they, they hear my voice. They know my That's in John chapter 10. He says, when he put forth his own sheep, he go before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. We are programmed to know the voice of the Spirit. We know, you know. When the, you know. Ah, it's God. It's, one, it's clearly God who's telling you. You know. Sometimes you see it in the, in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit re-emphasizes. Sometimes that God uses his servant to tell you. Because you one of the ways the Holy Spirit leads us is through his servants. When Samuel was, you know, sleeping in the, in the temple, the Lord spoke to Samuel, called Samuel's name. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel stood up and ran to Eli because the Lord used Eli's voice to speak to him. He thought it was Eli who was calling him. He went to him and said, oh, I'm, I'm here. Are you calling me? Eli said, oh, I'm not calling you. Go back to sleep. The third time, Eli realized that God was talking to him. But Someone was hearing it as Eli's voice because God uses the voice of his servants to speak to you as well. Next week, I'm going to show you about three things to prove whether this is God's voice or not. I'm going to show it to you. Uh-huh. Next week. But I'm showing you that the Lord speaks to you through his word. You see, through his word, he speaks to you through his servants. He speaks to you through the inward witness. There's inward perception. You just know. How do you know you are born again? You just know that you are born again. You know that if you should die today, if this roof should come down and all of us should die, we are all going to be in the, in, the, in, the, in, in, the, in the arms of the Lord. We are going to be with the Lord. You just know. If you are born again, you know that. And, and that's what is written in Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. 
Mm. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are the child of, you're a child of God. You see, there's, a, there's an inward witness. There's an inward... You just know. It's called the, the green light inside. You just know that you should do this. You just know. That's if you know that you're born again. And the born again experience is not by a certain sign in heaven or by a prophet telling you that do you, do you know that you're born again. You don't depend on a prophet to tell you that you're born again or not. You know from within that you're born again. It's the same way you get to know that the Lord is speaking to you about something or not. I don't know if you get it. If you are not sure, you just stay around it for some pray. Just pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is your spirit communicating with the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. Amplified. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. So your spirit and the Holy Spirit begin to come. The word pray means to communicate. They begin to communicate on a certain level when you start speaking in tongues. So if you want to know about something, speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues about just speaking, speaking in tongues regularly leads to the Holy Spirit showing you a, a, the certainty of a particular thing. Please, are you understanding? It's serious. Because most of us have found ourselves in certain kinds of troubles because we didn't, we're just flowing with our minds, flowing with our, I mean, let's just do whatever. Or what friends are saying, or what friends are doing, you are seeing somebody do this, so you, you want to do something. No, it doesn't work like that. What will kill Samson will not kill David. What will cause Saul to be removed as king may not cause David to be removed as king. Yeah. It's different. So you need to you need to follow the Holy Spirit on a personal level. You success is not just money. It's not a Benz. Five Benzes with money and days and it's more than that. Yes, good success. David came, he has stolen everything, whatever. And he whilst in the midst of the trouble, he asked God what to do. First Samuel 30 verse, verse 8 now. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Then David moved. David moved after he had heard from the Lord. After he had heard from the Lord. After he had heard from the Lord. Oh, you should be, listen. The message I'm preaching to you is more instructive. Okay, God is instructing you. Like, learn to ask him concerning what to do with yourself. Sometimes you have delayed about something. Yes, You have delayed marrying. You don't even know that you have delayed marrying. The Lord will tell you, you have, you have delayed. You marry. Yeah. Sometimes, the Lord wants you to serve him in a certain way. He wants you to serve in his house in a certain way. Everything comes with time, oh. You think you have time all the time. It's a joke. Everybody sitting here has an expiry date on their foreheads. Everybody sitting, all of us, including me. We all have expiry dates. The only problem is that you don't know, and I don't know. We all don't know. When the Lord will say, it's enough, come home. We all don't know. When you go under a tree, you see green leaves falling, 
and then brown leaves. So it's not only brown leaves that fall, green leaves also fall. You don't know when it to be too late to serve God. You don't know when it to be too late to sing in the choir. Too late to, to be in the design team. Too late to be in the drama. You, you, God is talking to you, join this, do this, do that, do that. Oh, there's more time. You'll be shocked that there's not more time. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised that you need to marry and give birth to two children because maybe you'll be out of the world by the time you are 36. And you are 27 now. The Lord wants you to marry. And you are playing with it because, you see, when he tells you, oh, oh, maybe you are supposed to exit by 37. You don't know. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You don't know. So your success with God is cut short because you weren't listening. When he was talking to you, you weren't minding him. The night comes when no man can wake. Be shocked that before long, night has come. You can't wake. You can't do much. Something. One of our brothers sitting here, his father was a missionary. He was an evangelist moving up and down with a team and all of that. One day they were coming from one of their whatever, and they had an accident that has paralyzed him to date. You see, if he had not done what he needed to do at that time, I don't know if you get it. Yeah. He'll be sitting, not able to do anything for the Lord now. Because that's what has, night has come for him a long time. I think it's been 10 years or he's, he's around. I think it's been like 10 years or something. But that has been paralyzed. Don't ask questions. Is it, is it God? We are serving God. Night has come. Night has what? Whether you die in church, die at home, die in the club, you will die. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. Choose where you just choose and just flow. The Lord wants to just, you know, direct you so much that it gets to a point the will of the Spirit is now your will. The will of God is now your will. I mean, you just flow in the will of God easily. There's no resistance. There's none of those things. You just flow in it. You see, God wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you gradually for you to come to a place where it's called the choreography of the Spirit. Let me show it to you. Roman, Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say what? The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that hear it say, come. And let him that is at first come. And whoever will, let him take the water of life freely. God wants us to get to a place where what the spirit says is what the bride, which is the church. You see, prior to this, in Revelation chapter 2, from a 7, he says that everybody should hear what the spirit says to the churches. So the spirit is like the spirit is outside of the church, speaking to the church. Listen to what the, the Lord is saying to you. Listen to what the, he's applying the word of God to the church. But it gets to a point where he no more stands outside of the church to apply. But now, what the church, what the spirit and the church are saying are the same thing. Both of them have a craving for the Lord to come, for the husband to come, because the bride has made herself ready. That's how God, God wants you to get to a place where what the spirit wills is what you will. It, like I said, it's called the choreography of the spirit. That's in Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. 18 and 19. Philippians 1, let's read from verse 18. It says, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether pretense, in pretense or in Christ, Christ is preached. Uh, pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And therein do re- and I therein do rejoice. Yea, and will rejoice. Verse, verse 19 says, For I know that this shall tend to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The word supply there is epikuragia, where we get the word epikuragus. Okay? And it means um, 
Today, there was a lady who was leading us to dance, right? If we are all moving in the same, they say we should do the whatever. I mean, as we are all doing that, we are, being, we are doing a particular motion because of her motion. So when we are doing choreography, choreography is the same word here, supply. Epichoragus, okay? To supply or furnish the chorus, okay? With what it requires and needs by the choragus or the, the one who sponsors everything. Or to be a choreography leader. But the Holy Spirit wants to be your leader in terms of choreography. Like when he moves like this, you are also moving like this. When he lifts his leg, you are also moving your leg. Like as he's lifting, it's the same thing. Dancers, can you please come? Come and dance for us. Master Dani, come. Join them. Yvonne, come, Yvonne, come, join them. Pastor Les, join them. You see, when they were doing it, there was a certain synchrony, isn't it? Like they're all flowing. Why? Because they've been, they've been rehearsing the thing for a long Initially, they weren't synchronizing like that, too. When the one who knows that dance is doing it, everybody's looking at the person, they look and watch the person for some time. And then after some time, they start practicing it, and then they start moving in the same synchrony. You did, Bab? Now, let's see what these wonderful people, oh, what will happen? Oh! Hey. Hallelujah! Did you see that they were struggling? <laughs> so, initially, initially, you start off the move of the, the spirit, the moves of the spirit is so different from your moves. So contrary from what from what you you know. I mean it's so even this like this song, we practiced this before. I think they taught us. So that's why you guys like you can flow, but Alex is doing two no. It's like he's slowing. Can you play another one that we another one that they don't know? Choreo, the, it's called the choreography of the spirit. When now we move same, same way, same direction. Same. And that's the aim of the spirit. To get you to a place where as the spirit is moving, you're also moving. You are not, you are not, it's like you are not like every other person. God, the Holy Spirit told the, the uh, Ken Hagen that if you, God told Ken Hagen that if you follow my spirit, he will make you rich. Yeah. And Ken Hagen became a, a millionaire dollar, just by following this. And that's, that's how all all our fathers, Abraham, every, everybody, everybody's following the spirit. The only thing following the spirit, everybody, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, everybody. The main thing was hearing the voice of God concerning different matters and doing what the Lord wanted. That's all. They all became prosperous. They all died at a good old age, having health, strength. Their seed was in order. Everything was fine. And that's what the Lord is looking for. Not you using gumption. I brain. I brain. You are joking. They're ready. Yeah. Are you seeing the difficulty? But then with time, you see that they are catching it. You understand the message now?
You can take your seats. Thank you very much. Let's clap for them. You said the Spirit of God is moving. You can't move at all. That's how it starts. But then with time, you start catching up. You synchronize. You synchronize with the Spirit. That's where your, your real prosperity. You'll be shocked. Yeah. You'll be shocked. Do you see? Just follow the Spirit. How do you follow the Spirit? Just start reading the Bible. If you're reading the Bible, cry or not, you should ask the Holy Before you read, ask the Holy, dear Holy Spirit, what do, where do you want me to look at? And he will direct, normally he gives you big directions and small directions. He will tell you, read Romans. That's a big one. As you are reading Romans, he will start highlighting some things for you to instruct you, to help you, to teach you, to whatever. He's a great teacher. Show you what to do, teach you. That is it. I mean, if there's anything to, to do, it's just learning how to get from the Spirit. You see? And like I said, inquiring, learning to inquire. In the most stressful of moments, inquire. Don't just move. Don't just move. Inquire. Lord, he wants the spirit and the bride's voice to be the same. We say the same thing. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. You see, when the servant, Abraham's servant, went to get Rebecca, when he met Rebecca and they settled everything, he gave Rebecca treasures. You see, treasures. That's in Genesis chapter 24. You can look for it. Yeah. This is the first one. So it says, and it came to pass. This is Genesis 24, 22. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. This is the first thing he gave her. Then later, when everything was settled, he gave her more. You can find this down. Even gave her brothers, everybody gave her gifts. The Holy Spirit comes with gifts to embellish your life with, to prepare you to meet the Lord. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver. Have you seen it? Jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment, and gave them to Rebecca. What she beautify herself with. The Holy Spirit is our engagement ring. The day you got born again, Jesus gave you an engagement ring to satisfy that you are. You are his wife. The Holy Spirit is that engagement ring. The first gift that we are given, you know, to, to show ownership is the Holy Spirit. And if you read in Ephesians chapter 1, you see it. Ephesians 1, 13. Look at Ephesians 1, 13. In whom you also trusted after that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is a, is a seal. Is when you give someone, you see someone wearing a ring, you should know that the person has been sealed by somebody. I mean, the person's own, don't touch, it's for somebody. The person has been sealed by somebody. Do you get it? Like the way Abigail has been sealed. Abigail was sealed on Friday. Yeah, and now she belongs to somebody. The seal that shows that we belong to, we belong to God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the seal. And it's also the down payment, you know, it's like he's like the bride price for our full payment. If you have the Holy Spirit, then you can be assured that God has many riches for you. So the gifts that the Holy Spirit, the, the gift that that servant gave to Rebecca was a sign to show her that where she's going to, there's so much more there. Do you see? Mm-hmm. There's so much more there. You are going to a house of prosperity. And the Holy Spirit says, show that where we are going to is a place of real prosperity. He said, he's our seal. Go, go back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. He says he's a seal. 
you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look at Genesis verse 14, which is the earnest. The word earnest is down payment. He's the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory. He's a down payment to show that we are going to have the full payment, the fullness of God's blessings. We are, we are the ones who have been chosen by God to enjoy all of God's goodness. And how, is that, how does that happen? Through the Holy Spirit. Because he's a down payment. Do you see? Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. 20, 21, 22. For all the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen, unto the, unto the glory of God by us. Verse 21. Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Verse 22. Who, or who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Have you seen it? He's calling the Holy Spirit as the seal and he's calling him as the earnest, the Arabon, the promise. The engagement ring. The word earnest is engagement ring. You've been sealed by the Spirit. So as you flow with the Spirit, you're actually flowing into the goodness of God. That's the only way. Without, without that, you, you may struggle for a long time. Struggle for a long time. So every day, dear Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Dear Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Dear, or else you'll be making some choices. Say, we are making some choices. You are using your mind. Don't just use it. That's why when we come, we come and see us about something, we say, go and pray. And then you go for some five minutes and come back and say, you have prayed. No, that's not that. We want you to hear from the Lord for yourself. If, as a pastor, we don't, I don't train you to hear from the Holy Spirit, I've failed. If I make you dependent on me and what I have to say, what I'm saying should confirm what is already inside you. In the amount of two or three, one of the ways of checking whether God is speaking to you or not, or it's just your mind, is to check with two or three witnesses. In the amount of two or three witnesses, is the matter settled. Do you see? When a prophet stands before you and says something, your prophet comes and says, go and divorce your husband. Check it with the word of God. That's the first witness. The word of God is a witness. God's testimony. Check with your pastor. Check with your inward whatever. Check. And when you check with the first one, you realize that it's flawed. It's not, it's not, even, it's not biblical. It's not the Bible. That's why every Christian needs to learn to speak in tongues a lot. Yeah. Speaking tongues a lot. Yeah, they're just speaking in tongues. Hmm? Don't become so bored in life that I mean you are always you are always scrolling. Scrolling things. Scrolling this, scrolling that, scrolling this. No. You want to be led? You want to have real success? You need the movements and the leadings on the spirit. And you need to learn to go and wait on God at certain times. When I was when I finished secondary school. Yeah. I've known Prophet Adam since I was six years old. Okay? I'm slightly older than he is. Just some few months. So we're all turning 17 in the same year. When we're leaving secondary school. Yeah, we're leaving secondary school. We went to pray for seven days concerning what God wants. Because we realized that 17 is a very unique age. David was anointed when he was 17. Joseph started seeing the visions when he was 17. Samos was called when he was 17. I mean, 17 is a very crucial something. We're not pastors. But just as Christians, we decided to just seek the Lord concerning our lives and what he wanted us to do. And that is what you do. There are certain birthdays you shouldn't be moving around cutting cake. You have to go and, you have to go and wait on God and find out what, where am I going? The Bible says if you judge yourselves, we will not be judged. You need to learn to judge. You need to learn to ask God, what, what am I doing? What, what am I going? What's happening? You need to, you need to ask. You need to ask. 
with the word of God, you go with the word, you sit down with the word, you pray. You may not be able to go somewhere to go and say somewhere, but spend maybe the whole day, 12 hours, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. in your room. Lock yourself up. You are not meeting anybody. Your phone is off. You are meeting the Lord. You are with the Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord, can you, can, hear, you can hear something. Where, where are you going? Or else you be confused. You'll be confused as a child of God. You don't know. Everything comes, you are just thinking. So confused. Should I travel? Should I not travel? Should I go here? Should I not? All those questions are answered if you learn to wait on God. Yes. In the midst of the chaos, you take your effort in the spirit. You pray. Talk to the Lord. Sit down. Read. Listen to messages. <laughs> I would go. I would just put on messages. As it's playing. The, what the man may be saying is not what the Lord will been telling me. But as the, that, there's an atmosphere that has been created. For the Lord to say anything because the word is flowing and the spirit is entering, something is going to come. The Lord is going to speak. And I just know what to do. Do this. I just know. I just know what to do. I just know who to put where. <laughs> One day we had a we had a, I had a meeting with some men of God. You know, and then I pointed out those who are council members. I told them all the council members should stand up. One of them after came to me and said, hey, they are all young people. They are all young, young, young people. I said, hey, why? what are you expecting? I said, how, how did you know to? I said, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. How do I know that this person should do this, this person should do this, this person? It's the Lord. Yeah, just listening in. What do you, what, what, inquiring. Lord, what do you think? The Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. He was talking about the Holy Spirit though. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ah, it's there. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Next verse. For everyone that asketh receiveth. If you ask, you receive. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Next verse, verse 9. Or what man is there of you whom? You see, he says, he says, he talks about it and he says, or, same context. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then be even know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to him that ask him? The same, go back. The same thing is repeated in Luke. And Luke mentions the Holy Spirit in place of good gifts. 11, Luke 11. Let's read from, well, from ask and then they say that it's the same context. From verse 9. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and it shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receive, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being able know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You see, he's not talking about, it's not like, Holy, Lord, give me the Holy Spirit, give me the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the, the effects of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. The guidance that the Holy Spirit brings. The wisdom that the Holy Spirit brings. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. So if you say, God, grant me that I can flow in the spirit of wisdom. That's what he's talking about. Spirit of understanding, spirit of knowledge. Dear Holy Spirit, guide me. He's talking about asking concerning the Holy Spirit. Things concerning the Holy Spirit. Because we receive the Holy Spirit once. And after that, we learn to walk with Him and learn to be guided by Him in all circumstances of life. So don't just let your emotions lead you. 
Sometimes you can realize that your emotions are leading you. You are in love with this guy. It's just because of your emotions or circumstances or something. It's just because the person is, is available. You are in love because this guy is available. This guy is listening to you. This guy is hearing you. Basically. And every lady's affection goes where her communication goes. The one you talk to the most is the one you have affection for. That's the truth. Right? It doesn't mean that's your husband. Or else you marry a lot of people. It doesn't mean that's your husband. Maybe the one you are going to marry initially may not be presented as someone who doesn't like talking. But you don't know. When you marry him, then you realize that, ah, it's actually a very nice something. Oh. You're very nice somebody. You may limit a lady. It's like this girl. One girl will be more, like she's cooking, she's doing this. This one is not doing anything. <laughs> because she's not supposed to cook for you before you get married. She's not supposed to watch for you before you get married. Why? Are you, have you, is she your maid or something? She's not supposed to do any of those things. When you get married, my wife never watched for me before we got married. Yeah, and she wasn't forced to. She would cook. If, she, if I go and she has cooked and she wants to give me some. Fine. If she doesn't want to give me, what can I do? What you do? What you do? You can't do anything. Are you sure what I'm talking about? Yeah. But you'll be surprised that God is actually giving you somebody who is going to be cooking and doing all kinds of things. A very helpful person. But the initial presentation is go away. No food, no nothing, no. And then you, you make a choice. This girl is more, more homely. You have used your mind. This girl is more homely. Wife material. All the people say that the person is praying in church. Ah, she's very spiritual. You'll be shocked that you marry her. And she can't, she doesn't pray nothing. Prayer, zero prayer, zero whatever. Your children are all in trouble. Your children will never be taught the word of God. Yeah. Because as a husband, you are not around most of the time. It's your wife who will be teaching your children. You have an empty-headed wife sitting at home with you because she had, she had initially she was presented with prayer, a prayer post, kalabayabalaba, and you'll be shocked. So don't use your eye, your emotions, your mind, your eyes, your circumstances. No. Be sure of every single move. Listen, it's better to be, be, to be behind God than to be ahead of God. It's better to be behind God. It's better to delay behind God than to be ahead of God. You have taken 17 steps and God is now taking one step. It's better to be behind God. So ask. Just inquire. Lord, what do you think? 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 Lord, what? And be patient though. Don't say, Lord, what do you think? Lord, what do you think? If you don't move, I'll move. Lord, it's been five minutes so you've not said anything. Sometimes you can wait on God for six days and you will not hear anything. You'll just be, you know, fellowshipping with the Lord, just flowing with the Lord. He will never say anything concerning anything. When you come and you are moving around doing whatever you want to, then he'll tell you, do this one. Do this one. So, God doesn't speak when you expect him to speak. He may, he may choose. He's just a person. If I don't feel like talking, why is it by first? I'll talk when I feel like it. Oh yeah. You just learn to hang around God and you see that he's guiding you. Hallelujah. Is it a good message? Stand up on your feet and just thank God for what I shared with you.